Hello guys, uh, welcome back to, this is actually my first episode ever um, of actually uh, doing this, and so welcome to the Theophoros podcast. Um, my original idea, I have an Instagram page called the Theophoros League. Theophoros comes from the Greek word. Um, my Greek teacher actually taught me this. He's teaching me Koine Greek because he's awesome like that, and he taught me this word. This guy used it as his name. Um, and I think it actually means image of God. Um, and we are all created in the image of God. Christ is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us by that new covenant. And uh, and I also have a YouTube page called Desmios, which is the Greek word for prisoner in Christ. That is what Paul used in the book of Galatians. So thank you guys so much for actually um, hopping onto this. If anyone's listening right now, I have no idea. But hopefully this will get a larger platform to for people to actually find out what this is. And so uh, today, probably by you saw, as you saw by the title, uh, Paul, the Bible, and COVID nineteen, the coronavirus. Everybody is trying to be super specific on what they say about it. They're saying, uh, "Oh, this is the coronavirus," or "Oh, this is COVID 19 and it's just kind of interesting uh how everybody kind of thinks they're an expert about it but there are people who seriously do their research and i'm happy that they do um so that's what we are going to be talking about today paul the apostle paul the bible and covid19 on the theophoros league so yeah um I want to start off with just, I was thinking about this today. I was thinking about how the coronavirus and how people treat it is how it's actually going to affect them. Like, it's almost how if you treat certain issues, that's how it's going to affect you. Um, if you approach, like right now, I'm learning piano. If you approach it, overwhelming yourself with like every single thing about I don't know, like, I don't know how to do left hand, right hand. I don't know how to do both the hands at once. I don't know the coordination or the left hand dependency. I don't know music theory. I knew none of that when I started off. And that was like a month and a half ago. And I'm still learning it. But you ease into it. But what a lot of people did with the coronavirus is they didn't ease into it. They were scared. They were frightened. This one guy actually bought, I think it was about uh, about $3,000 worth of toilet paper. Um, I think this was in Texas too. And I'm kind of in Dallas. And so I kind of, we're, we're kind of, you know, locked in our houses right now. Um, and so I think this store manager at Target, um, he actually saw the guy. The guy came in and he's like, oh, I want to return all this toilet paper in the target manager, man, he just, oh, man, he went off on him, man. He was, he was so angry. And, man, this is what I'm talking about. It's how we're going to treat it. If we're going to treat it in fear, and I know there is countless sermons about the coronavirus so far. And I bet a lot of people aren't even watching, watching this, you know, just based on the fact of that, you know, people just want to stop hearing about it. They just want it to be over. I want it to be over. But this is the thing. How are you going to treat it? 
uh, I was treating it as a silly, like stupid type of, oh, this isn't going to be good. Like this isn't going to, you know, it will be fine. Right. Um, and that wasn't the case at all. It was actually way more serious than I thought. Um, it spread way quicker. It had things that I never even imagined that it would have, like that you only find it about, you can find it anywhere from a few hours or a few minutes after you can catch it to two weeks. That's something that hasn't been seen in a long time. And, and people are calling it, oh, this is the new uh, Spanish flu. This is the new Ebola. Uh, Spanish flu is way worse than this. Ebola is way worse than severity. Less people, though, which was really good because, <laughs> man, with Ebola, that could have lasted to like three years. Uh, that would have been awful. But I'm happy that it's at this severity that it is like with a kind of flu-like symptoms, flu-like severity. I'm not a professional at all on it. Um, but I walked into this treating it not as something scary, not as something that would force me to stay in my house. And then it did. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is kind of scary. This is kind of like, what's happening? And I didn't take it seriously. I was like, oh, we can walk out with our masks off. I'm just going to keep doing the same old stuff. Then my family started to spray down stuff. They started to uh, clean the doorknobs, clean the stuff that we got from Target, clean a bunch of stuff and after a while I understood the severity of it and so now I'm treating it differently this is my problem though this is probably one of the best times for people to actually pity themselves because I saw this uh Instagram post about the first or second week of all of this happening and we are on week seven or eight right now um it is the 28th of april um and everybody's still kind of freaking out everybody's still um it was just insane how people were crashing carts into each other i was i was kind of amazed and scared and of how insane it was um Actually, it was kind of getting scared because my mom wanted to do something encouraging for the neighborhood. So we got some. She actually made all of it. She made these cute little out of paper plates, the ones that you get at like off brand pizza shops that, you know, you only um, use for nothing. Like it just bleeds through, like all the grease bleeds through. So we got those. And she made, um, I mean, clouds, kites, um, all this cute kind of artsy, fartsy stuff on it. And uh, she made all of them. I felt awful that I didn't help, but we actually got our work, you know, cut in for us because we went to through a few blocks on our neighborhood. She made like, I have no idea, like 80 to 100 plus. And we took them, we put them on all the mailboxes. And then uh, once we put them on the mailboxes, uh, we were kind of going around the neighborhood. We did it at like 11 or 12 at night because we, we didn't want we didn't want anybody to be scared that we were like, you know, putting stuff on their mailboxes. Like, you know, if they were thought that we were rifling through it. Um, but yet again, out of fear and out of just people stay up late, um, some people stayed up super late that night and so we had to be extra careful but most lights were off most 
everything was pretty much turned down. It was quiet. So we went around, put all the stuff on the mailboxes, but there's this one lady. Um, she saw my dad putting it on her mailbox, and her dog started just going nuts. And for my dog, he goes nuts on everything. So I'm like, oh, she won't notice. It'll be fine. You know, dogs bark at the stupidest stuff. Usually no one just looks outside at their window on what they're barking at. They're like, oh, the dog's barking, whatever. So she came out of her house and she started saying, like, what are y'all doing? Uh, what on earth are you guys like? What are you doing to my mailbox? You know, and she just started cussing a lot. And my dad didn't hear. I started stuttering. And then my mom literally slammed another thing on a mailbox and then ran over. And she was like, oh, sorry, sorry. We're just trying to put encouraging stuff on people's mailbox. And, you know, in light of the coronavirus, all the stuff is happening. And then um, the lady was like, oh. And then she felt so bad. Um, she was like, oh, okay, never mind. I'm going to keep that there then. Um, and then I had a, like this uh, Team Jesus shirt on. And she was like, and now I feel even worse because you have a Jesus shirt on. And so it was just kind of playful. But um, I was kind of scared. I tried to hide it, but I was scared to do that. And so back to how we approach this, I saw a bunch of people on Instagram. Um, that was just a funny story. I thought I'd put that in there, but they're on Instagram. Someone was at church, like a pre-recording their sermon or something like that. And um, I thought that it was interesting. And I was like, okay. And then our church started doing it. And then every church across the world started doing it. And I was like, that's interesting. And so, um, we actually, uh, I saw this Instagram post of this guy who it was like a few people just recording it um for Sunday, and down below, um no I think it was actually someone else maybe not no it was a Christian because they put the verse at the bottom and the verse that they put at the bottom was I think might have been from Thessalonians, and um where Paul said I cannot tell you like how much, uh like how I burn to, I, I long for you. I burn to see you. I want to see you guys so bad. And someone put that down below on there. And I just started, I didn't, I didn't comment anything. I didn't do any of that, but I thought of myself and I was like, that is completely wrong. And I said, are you kidding me? Like, let, let's just read it. Let's just read it. 1 Thessalonians 2, 17 through 20. But brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did, again and again, but Satan blocked our way. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. Um, and actually, like I think the next, uh, it might be the next chapter, is sort of about living for God, suffering. And so Paul was going through some intense suffering. I mean, intense stuff. If you go to 2 Corinthians 6, it actually talks about what he commended himself by. Um, and commended as in the way of like, 
I had no idea what this word meant. Commended means like almost not what you say gives you purpose, but what your confidence, I guess, comes by. Like commendation. Yeah, you, you can look it up. I don't know. But I'm sorry, this is an uneducational podcast. But um, what it means is, man, he just started saying how we commend ourselves as Christians is sleepless nights riots, imprisonments, beatings, kindness, love. I mean, he just went off on all these incredibly difficult things. And I was like, what is he saying? Like, what does he mean? And I thought about it for a bit. And then uh, that that was probably one of my most favorite chapters in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 6. Read it for yourself. Um, Francis Chan has been talking about this, about, you know, just some of his stuff with, um, suffering for Christ. Um, it is a bigger deal than we thought. Like, um, I, he went to a church in China and it was just mega church. They were under a rock and then they were like, all right, let's go outside. We're getting a lot more people. Um, I think we're safe. You know, we're a little bit safer now. So, they went outside, they started having their church service outside, then the government got onto them, and the numbers just went you know, way down. Um, and then Francis Chan actually went to China, and he talked to the preacher there. And the preacher said, once our church fell, we had to go back and look at the five pillars of what church is. And so he went through, and he said prayer, then he said you know, the word of God. And then he said, um, I think it was like a regular expectation of miracles. Um, I think preaching, uh, it was a little more of that kind of stuff. The last one threw Francis off because it said suffering for the glory of God. And he's like, this was a new thing for him. And this is a new thing for us. And I'm actually thinking of having a guest on the podcast maybe soon if it gets a bigger platform. But just talking about suffering as a Christian, the severity, what it means. But the Chinese preacher talked about that. And Francis Chan was just like, I can't say anything. My, my church, my church covered the first four, but it did not at all cover the last one. We do not truly suffer suffering is insane and so they were like this person on instagram posted this verse and i was like no what paul meant by i am dying to see you and remember this is like the first and second week of all of quarantine what paul meant was i am dying to see you guys i have been suffering and you guys are suffering and i want you to stand firm because you're one of the new churches you're you're the first fruits of the spirit indwelling inside of you that's what he meant that that is appropriate to say for that situation but at the beginning where we are in our suburbia like houses in america and we're just like sitting here and we're just like, oh, man, I, I miss you so much. Like, And you use Paul. He was thousands of miles away from them. That's why he said that. Because it wasn't your house or the coronavirus keeping him back. It wasn't what the government is saying. Or, hey, be safe. Wash your hands. You know what held him back? Burning Christians 
on a torch in Rome. That stuff. The people stopping him from going to the churches. The, the sand dunes that the ship would get caught in on its way to Greece and on its way to Macedonia and all those different places. That's what he meant. So I started judging this person a lot when I read the post. And now I actually look back at that and I say, you know what? That's actually reasonable. That's reasonable to post. It's reasonable to post that verse now because I started judging it. I was like, you know, because, you know, I saw myself as like this big boss type of guy. Like, oh, I can do this. I can I can make it past this coronavirus thing or whatever. I didn't, and I'm not, and a lot of sin has come into my life since this whole thing started, and it's how we approach it. I was actually warned by God before this whole thing ever started. I hadn't felt a feeling of emptiness like that in so long. My friend, uh, uh, Jared and Brian, uh, one of the two most amazing Christian uh dudes that i've like ever met just awesome brothers in christ um hopefully i have them on the podcast but basically they brought me to a coffee shop because they wanted to get some coffee they actually invited the whole youth group but sadly um i was kind of the only one who showed up Um, but that's no blame on anyone else it's really all right but we basically um he picked me up um but I think God actually made it so that it was only like three guys because we actually met a guy there. And Brian started, he met him when my friend uh, Jared was coming to pick me up. And the guy he started talking to, this guy came over to him because Brian was playing piano uh, at the coffee shop. And uh, a guy came up to him and he said, hey, can you play this? Um, he showed him like a Minecraft song or something. And... Brian was like, no, no, I can't play that. And so they started talking and turned out they started witnessing, like Brian witnessed to uh, uh, this guy. And then um, after that, like we came to the coffee shop, me and my friend Jared, and we were like, whoa, who's this guy? This isn't, I haven't met this guy before. And we started talking and we witnessed to the guy. When I was at that coffee shop, though, I felt a feeling of emptiness that I have I haven't felt in a long time. And it was God warning me what was about to happen. And I didn't take it seriously. I was like, what, what do I have to do? Like what, what's going to happen? And this is the thing like after it happened uh, about uh 2 or so days later, maybe like I don't know, I think that was on a Tuesday. So probably like 4 or so days later. The youth group went on a trip, and when we came back, uh, that's when it started. Um, it was on Sunday, uh, the Sunday after that, Saturday. I moved a house, and then on Sunday, we all stayed home, and we didn't go to church because the church was canceled and stuff, and we were like, okay, this this will only be two weeks because the whole world thought it was only going to be two weeks. Um, and uh, most people, it was spring break at that time, and so it was just kind of really strange for everyone and then that turned into four weeks and and now we're going on almost two months now of all this happening and it's overwhelming and it's confusing and it's hard but 
God warned me. He said, Reed, it's going to be empty. It's going to be so empty. And I had no idea what that feeling meant. So I was like, okay, whatever. It's going to be empty. All right. Um, and then I started taking it a bit more serious. And I was like, in this week, two months later, um, I actually started getting serious. And I was like, I got to do something. This is way too hard. I, I do feel like Paul now. Like, I need you guys so bad. And I realize what unity means now. There's a Greek word in most of my uh, Christian platform type stuff is based off of like Koine Greek words, Theophoros, uh, Edismios, uh, stuff like that. And it's just fun. It's creative. I don't know. But um, there's another Greek word um, that it talks about. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I totally lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. And so um, it's how we treat it. And it felt bad, and I felt depressed and alone. And there's this Greek word, homothumadon. I remembered it. Sorry. lost my train of thought there for a second. And homothumadon uh, means of the same uh, mind or the same spirit. I forgot which one it is. I think it's the same mind. Um, and of the same mind, and I was like, or no, same spirit. It was same spirit. And I forgot where it was used. Um, I think it was might have been Ephesians. Um, and it was talking about how the work of the Spirit can only be done when people are present. And a lot of people say this stuff like, oh, but you can do this for another person across the world and the Spirit is working. And yeah, of course the Spirit is working. Like it can work if you're praying um, in America and your friend in Russia, I have a friend in Russia, you know, sometimes that I pray for and it's like, it can go way over there. You know, that's the work of God. There's no limit, no space that can limit that. And this is common knowledge. Uh, this is basic theology. Um, but here's the thing. Homothumadon, being of the same spirit. I read this article. Uh, it was a preacher's magazine or newspaper a long time ago. This guy actually wrote about the word this preacher did. And he said, the work of the spirit is 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 supposed to be present you know why paul was so admitting and coming back to the church uh, in thessalonica is because of this homothumadon the spirit works insanely powerfully just an insane beauty and in, in just flourishing in the hearts of men as, as paul was teaching them the spirit works when you're present. It's a hard time working when you're absent. And so I did not take this seriously about absence at all. I was like, all right, you know, this this will be fine. I believe God is doing this for a reason and a big reason. I believe God is doing this to sh teach the church unity. America has become broken up by political parties, by uh, homosexual uh, supporters and non-supporters uh, of that. I mean, we America has been broken out by... We went back to the, uh, the Black Lives thing a few years back in like 20... Uh, what was it? 2017? Uh, 2016? Black Lives Matter. There's no doubt about it, but Satan's going to use that to break up America. Because America is about the only hope that there is in the world for freedom.
And people are addicted to America because they want that freedom, that unity, that presence of people, that peace, the, the fact that you get to live in a house, that you get to go to a church, and you don't have to worry if someone's going to come up in there and shoot it up. And even though that happened in America, in South Africa, in India, in China, in Japan, in Pakistan, even North Korea, that stuff happens almost every day. Not just commonly to churches. It happens to Christians mostly. And the thing is, is guys, we're addicted to America because of freedom. And when we feel like we're not around people anymore, like we've had our freedom taken away, I, that's when I started to take this whole coronavirus thing seriously. Is when I realized, oh my goodness, the spirit, man, it, it is, it's not being, its power isn't being limited because you, there is no limit on the power of the spirit. All right. There's no measure. Okay. It's infinite because it's God. All right. Uh, it's the Trinity. And so, or the triune God, sorry, not Trinity. Um, but let's think about this for a second. This absence, I did not take it seriously. I judged that person on Instagram when they said, uh, oh, how I long to be with you guys now. Um, I totally like did not take that seriously. Then about through maybe four weeks in, maybe three to four weeks in, um, it was actually maybe the second or third week that I talked to my friend and he literally called me up and he was like, Reed, I'm freaking out. And he's like, I'm freaking out. I can't do this. And he put on his Instagram, like, um, pray for your fellow extrovert friend. And I'm definitely an extrovert. So like, pray for me but um i'm just kidding but other than that like uh but actually no it's kind of serious so like i had no idea what it meant to be without people because last year i was at home a lot because i'm homeschooled and stuff and you just get in your head and now everybody's in their head everybody's freaking out everybody's watching tiger king everybody you know um we're just succumbing to all these things now and I didn't take that thing seriously about, oh, how I long to see you guys, how I long to be with the church. And even if they're not Christians, they're still freaking out that they don't have people. And people of the world actually depend more on people than we do um, to fulfill their needs, to fulfill their life. And so when we think about it, people are getting seriously depressed by staying home, by being away from people. People are getting seriously depressed and I'm one of them I'm gonna be honest right here um I've had some thoughts uh if you know my testimony you can actually go to my YouTube page check it out uh it's called Desmios um and I was actually um had a lot of suicidal thoughts uh this year uh back to 2016 actually um it was just kind of always there for some years and uh and it was rough um and it started to come back it was like what's the purpose of this what's the hope and I started going back to the world started going back to sin and but I'm gonna actually get to that in a second I don't want to get ahead of myself but what I'm trying to say is everybody can become very selfish in this time everybody can start seeking everything of the world um, I became selfish. Like I didn't want to call my friends. I didn't want to help anybody. 
I didn't want to sacrifice anything out of my time or my life or anything like that. Um, but I thought of this verse right before I actually started this. Um, if we go to Second Corinthians or Second Timothy, um, not Second Corinthians. That's totally different. Um, if we go to Second Timothy, uh, we can actually read in the, at the end of the first chapter, um, in verse fifteen, we read about these two guys who Paul was like close to and then they just totally started messing up everything and they deserted paul um they left him their gospel was out of whack um you know it's like this whole thing about how you read it in revelation about uh the devil's secrets you know the the further information about uh you know all this kind of stuff like you know and yes some of the things in the gnostic gospels um in Gospel Judas, Gospel Thomas, um, First and Second Maccabees, you know, whatever you name it, some stuff in there is actually historically accurate. Um, but you can read it for yourself, but be careful, you know, just because it's like we don't really know what's true in there, what's not. We can pair it up with, um, you know, uh, non-biblical sources of history and accounts and witness accounts. Um, we can pair it up with that, but. Uh, other than that, we don't have a lot of, you know, we don't really know. And so um, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, yeah. So Hymenaeus and Phygelus, and I don't even know if I pronounce that right. In Second Timothy, we read this and uh, they're got. Oh, no, I'm thinking about Hymenaeus. Sorry, this is uh, Hermogenes and Phygelus. I don't know. Um and so it says, you know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. Um, I should have looked at the Greek for that one because I don't know how to pronounce it. But you kind of get the point. They deserted him just like Demas did um, to Paul. Like we read in some of the um, other you know, uh, letters that Paul actually wrote to the churches. And in those letters that he was like, man. Demas is super close to me. He's a great companion. So is Luke. But Demas left him, man. And we also read this about Hermogenes and his friend Phygelus, um, how they deserted him. But then it says, like, in the next verse is so cool. I love it. It says, may the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me may the lord grant that he will find mercy from the lord on that day you know very well in how many ways he helped me in ephesus this is such a cool verse because i want to be like this guy i want to be like onesiphorus because he sounds like one of the greatest brothers in christ you could ever have because you know what happened nowadays if we have a friend who's like way over there, like, let's say like we were in, I don't know, Pakistan or something. Um, and our friend just got imprisoned uh, by some officials or by some bandits or whatever, um, who took bandits. That's what are we in the Westerns of the 20s? Um, <laughs> sorry, like the people, uh, let's just say Al Qaeda. Let's say they took my brother in Christ captive. I wouldn't just sit here. But a lot of people just sit here. Let's put it in some systematic theology rolling around. Let's put it into American standards, okay? We 
in America, we don't have that kind of stuff. Yeah, people can get captured for their faith still. I totally believe that. There are people in Arizona, uh, mostly irrational people who don't know when to say, oh, yes, I will leave. Uh, I don't want to get arrested. I'm all good. There are some very irrational Christians, um, but there were some in Arizona who actually got arrested because they were uh, street preaching. And street preaching can be kind of a dangerous game. I agree. Um, but even with that, it's like, let's think about this. Like uh, they said in Arizona, let's say my friend got arrested because of his faith. Uh, la- actually, let's put it into lesser terms. Listen, my friend's just going through a hard time. We all know that. We all know, hey, my friend's going through a hard time. I should probably go talk to him. I should probably go help him. But we don't. Why do we not? Because the word of Christ is not in our hearts. Because we could care so much less about them. Because we are caring so much about ourselves. Oh, I just want to get back to watching Tiger King or whatever. I had to stop watching it because it was seriously messing up my relationship with people. Who would have thought that a silly documentary about some really stupid people could mess your brain up about how to live for Christ or how to start living for people again or how to go out and sacrifice your time? Because, and I know that Jack Black isn't a Christian. I think he's a Jew, actually. But, um, or his, yeah, I think he actually is a Jew. Um, he's Jewish and, uh, but he said this thing, um, on TikTok, he was like, don't be a slave to your phones. That's common sense. Like everybody knows that, uh, phones are dangerous to have, that we probably shouldn't be on them as much. That's common sense. Everybody has that struggle. Most of everyone, probably almost all of America has that problem. Um, and you hear people, why are you on your phone so much? And I was just like, I don't know. This is how people talk now. I, you know, you're listening on your phone right now to this podcast. I mean, don't don't turn it off because I said that. But um, back to the point about kind of let's say your friend is just going through a really hard struggle. We say these generic things sometimes. Yeah, I'll I'll help you. Uh, yeah, I'm always here for you, bud. Yeah, I'm always here for you, sister. I'm always here for you, brother. Like we say this stuff. But are we willing to sacrifice whatever we're doing in that moment, no matter the importance? If you're doing something crazy important, okay, yeah, like, you can call them later. But call them. Don't text them. Call them. Video chat them. Whatever they or you want to do. It's not just, oh, I guess I should be there for you. No, it's not that. You know what Onessa Forrest did? Well, let's go back to that. When Paul was in chains, one that it, a, a man cannot just walk in there and be like, "Hey, uh, you, do you mind taking those chains off of my friend Paul here?" Uh, oh, yeah, thanks, thanks very much. No, they're they're not gonna say that. And in the movie, uh, uh, Paul the Apostle movie, I I saw a little bit of it, kind of clips here and there. Luke, uh, no, sorry, Timothy. It might have been Luke. Uh, walked into the jail cell with Paul. And he wasn't, you know, Luke wasn't being arrested, but he was just coming to, you know, write some stuff for Paul. And this may probably not historically accurate, but the guard there who actually uh, was kind of the guard keeper of the whole hall or whatever, the guard keeper of Paul, 
Luke walked in, and the guard keeper looked at him, and he was like, hey, uh, there, there's not a good chance that you might not make it out of here too. And he's like, I could, I could arrest you too if it, you know, like I could put you in here with him too. You know, there's no promises that you won't come out, back out here. And so, you know, it's that kind of thing. And man, I'm going way too far into all my thoughts. And so let's say that you have that friend in whether it's figurative or literal chains, be Onesiphorus. Don't be Demas. Don't be Fagilis. Don't be Hermogenus. Be Onesiphorus. When Paul was in Rome, Onesiphorus was like, you know what? I'm going to search hard for this guy. I might have no clue where he is, but I'm going to search hard for him because I want to refresh him because I know how important the unseen realm is. What is after this? How important the battle is that I go to him and say, you know what? You're not alone. Keep fighting. Keep going because you are a fighter, bro. You don't live for pleasure. You hate pleasure. You want to live for Christ. Be Onesiphorus. If you know a friend, that, and I seriously struggle with this too. I have a bunch of friends who are struggling right now. And this week I was like, no, I don't want to call them. Like I have struggles of my own, whatever. And that was such a jerk move of me because it actually reminded me of my past. And I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I need to call my friends. I need to call them and I need to refresh them in their spirit. Because when we're not, dude, that then we have no community with the church. None of that. We have none of that anymore if we're not refreshing them. That, that's what the church is. It's called the fullness of Christ in Ephesians 1. Do you have any idea what that means? The fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ. That is insane. The one who split the veil that made a covenant. Not just a little, oh, I'm going to sign a peace treaty now. No, it's a literal covenant. One so incredible that it reconciled man to God. Like, I read this uh, thing in Psalms the other day. It was, uh, uh, I think it was actually towards 11, towards the beginning, um, uh, Psalms 15. It's so, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent, who may live on your holy mountain, the one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor, casts no slur on others, who, despise, who despises a vile person, but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts, does not change their mind who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. And I thought about that. And I was like, how can a person actually keep that up? How can we actually do that? How can we actually like make sure that we're doing all that stuff? And yes, a lot of people say, well, God has grace. Well, yes, but yeah, I know we're going to fall, but it's all right to sin. God has grace. You can tell when a person reads or doesn't read their Bible. If they say that, they absolutely do not read their Bible. And let me tell you why. God has grace. I firsthandedly have experienced that. I was a uh, a porn addict. 
I was lustful, prideful, envious, angry. I mean, I was so many things um, to where I actually wanted to take my anger out um, on the a baby that we watched. Like, I was angry. Like, a demon was seriously inside of me. It was in my mind, in my words, in my actions. So I know what grace is. I have felt it. And I'm still feeling it. I'm still, I still get in a perfectionist mindset. I still feel like I have to take control sometimes or control the outcome or make sure that it happens my way rather than God's way. And that's not okay. Yes, God gives grace, but never, ever in the Bible does it say that it's okay to sin. Never. And if you think it says that, you are completely wrong. And you're going to have some real big repenting time. It never says that it's okay to sin. Actually, in 1 John, it says, you don't even know God if you sin. You don't even know God. You have no, you are not in his presence. He's not speaking through you. There's no connection between you and him in that moment of sinning. Does that not terrify you? And yes, sometimes I'm like, all right, whatever, like, and we don't take that seriously. I have not taken that seriously a lot when I'm sinning. I actually think of the verse when I'm in the process of sinning, but I think about that and I'm just like, oh my goodness, I would be apart, drifted, separated completely between my being and God's being. There would be no connection. There would be a wall. There would be a brick wall that not even Wreck-It Ralph could break down. That's how insane sin is. It sends you to eternity. We all know this. This is common sense. And I don't care how passionately I say it. It's probably not going to hit you. It's probably not going to convict you. And that's all right. So keep listening to this next part. That it's not our right to sin. Yes, God has grace. But think of this verse again in Psalms 15 that we just read. Yeah, not a lot of people can do this. Go to Colossians 1. And, and actually, let's just turn there. Yeah, let's just yeah, let's just turn there. But um, it actually says in verse 22. Uh, we'll actually start in 21. Once you were alienated from God alienated, separated, brick wall that not even Rick or Ralph can break down, from God, and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the help held out in the gospel. Sorry, I ruined that last part, but this is one of my favorite verses because, no, we don't have to be perfectionists anymore. We don't have to, you know, uh, overwhelm ourselves or make ourselves anxious with all these different commands of whether it's the old law or, or whatever it is. The thing is, is that we still have to be faithful. But this is the insane thing. Is that if we're faithful, if we stand firm by the word to the glory of God because of Jesus, we are clean and pure in his sight. And and we, we will not be shaken. If that doesn't compel you to have a relationship with Jesus, I don't know what does. And I'm going to tie this in 
standing firm in your faith and just being faithful to God is exactly what Onesiphorus did. He pursued his brother in a persecuting country. You know what they did in Rome? That's what Revelation is about. All right. And I'll actually do a podcast episode of this maybe this week. Um, but that that's basically what Revelation is. Uh, Nero and Caligula are, uh, if you basically do this like cool correspondence thing between their name in Greek um, and a number, a correlation to each letter, it comes out as either 666 or 616. And what they did was they burned Christians. Onesiphorus was walking into a place where they could have burned him at any time. Just stuck him up, burned him right there. And I bet they had a decision to may or may not do that to Paul. Instead, Paul got beheaded. Just boom, right there. But let's go back to, man, that Second Timothy verse. And, but be that guy. Refresh your brothers and sisters in this time because, dude, every everyone's alone right now. Everyone's in solitude. Everybody's going insane. Everybody's uh, worrying, thinking about when's the next time that they're going to go out and see their family. When's this going to be? I'm, I'm so ready for this to be over, like emotionally, spiritually ready because we need community. And that's what this is about. And you know, and I kind of want to think, uh, go into what I've been feeling, you know, I've been feeling a lot of different things in this coronavirus time. Um, and in quarantine right now, I've, I thought that, uh, I, I talked to my French friend and I talked to my Russian friend about this. And both of them actually, uh, said to me, like, yeah, we're, we're, I've been in for a few weeks now. I've been in for a week or two now. And I'm like, wow, this is this is worldwide. Like, this is serious stuff. And yeah, and I was just kind of talking and thinking. And I'm like, wow. And so back to that thing about how God actually warned me uh, what was going to happen. And, uh, and I've been feeling that. I've been feeling empty since almost day one uh, of all of this and actually felt empty past six months almost actually. And, uh, and everything that I've been reading in the Bible is about staying faithful. I mean, everything, uh, almost every morning uh, the other day, I read Romans uh, eight, you know, live according to the spirit. Uh, Today, I talked to my Greek teacher about 1 Corinthians and about the golden middle of what it means to be faithful, what it means to live for Christ and what Christ did so that we may live uh, according to how he tells us to like literally almost everything has been like that. And God warned me because it is so easy to fall into sin or pornography or uh, suicidal thoughts when you're alone. It is so easy to fall into it um and seriously god has been teaching me dependence in this time um he's teaching me not to rely on people um and and don't take that in like a bad way like oh i don't want to rely on people but you know i do want to rely on people that you know that he actually said like 
that's that's actually what this whole entire podcast episode is about is relying on people and but not relying on people in the place of god because if you rely on people in the place of god of course you're going to be empty of course you're not going to find fulfillment don't just go to church to go to church we we all know this we all talk about lukewarm christians like this everybody knows not to be a lukewarm christian but the thing is is that are you going to keep acting like, oh, well, yeah, I know I'm not supposed to be that, and I'm not that. It doesn't matter what you say. Is Jesus going to look at your life at the end? If you if you went up right now, is he going to say, hey, good job. Good job, you faithful servant. Well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Is he going to say that if you were to go right now? And a lot of people, man, they are underestimating what christ is doing and what he did underestimating as in the way like i see a lot of lukewarm christians right now that if we they were to die you don't want to go to heaven and hear christ say you did okay you weren't no servant you weren't a prisoner you weren't a soldier in me nah but you did okay like you don't want to hear jesus say that and of course he would never say that um i mean you're either going down or up but the thing is is that guys don't rely on people for your spiritual life rely on community work by the spirit in that way love people as uh, out of reverence and obedience for god but do not rely on people in place of god refresh people by the power of god believe in community believe in them encouraging you like take that like as much as people don't want encouragement sometimes which is kind of weird but it's out of humility like for me i didn't want it for a long time because um i was just very prideful and a lot of that even came back god warned me i was unfaithful i fell so deep in a sin in this time period guys i want to warn you don't rely on people. You're going to be so empty. You're going to be so empty if you rely on people. If you rely on what people say about you or, or you know, who you are or what they think you are. Or, no, you're, you're fine. You're fine. Just keep hanging out with us and you'll be okay. Like, I don't care. Like, go to Christ. This morning, uh, I fell pretty deep in a sin. And then once I stopped, I, I put my phone down and I looked to God and I just kind of got on my knees just like usually after I sin, I just like, I'm like, okay, God, here we go again. I've said this for the next time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, and it's just kind of repetitive, continuous, legalistic, habitual. And then something happened that I haven't felt this feeling in a long time. And it was just this comforting, beautiful, amazing feeling that I felt. And when I felt it, what happened, man, it was love. I was like, I have no problem staying in the world. I have no problem there. And in my mind, I was like, there's nothing different from going to Christ in the world right now. There's nothing different. I'm alone. I am hopeless. And it's both. It, it, it is in both. I felt that. And it. And do not believe what I'm saying. It's a very wrong mindset. Like, please don't believe that. And I don't want to fake anything for y'all. So I'm trying to be, 
is honest, real, genuine as I can. And I just felt this feeling of just like pure, like, what's the difference? Why should I run to Christ? Why should I go to him? Why should I care about others? What well, what's the difference? Why why should I waste my life sacrificing all these moments every morning, all these things? Why should I waste my life living for Christ? And something this revelation hit me this morning. It was like uh at two thirty, I think. It was around two or two thirty. And I just felt this amazing revelation inside my heart that was just like, read, it's love. Love is the different. There, there is no love in the world. There might be authenticity. There might be acts of kindness and goodness. And what do, there's like this hashtag, like faith restored and humanity, whatever. But there's not love. Yeah, sure, they might give a present to you. They might show an act of love, but there is no true love that is only found in Jesus. And the way we get people to Christ is not just saying, oh, yes, well, Jesus died for your sins, and uh, yeah, he did that. And uh, it's in the Bible. You should probably read that. You should probably pray as well. Uh, you should probably be a servant. But that's not what Christ told you to do. He said, share the gospel. But if they don't see anything different between you and the world in your life, they're not going to Christ. Be that example. Run after Christ because this is hopeless. This quarantine time, I'm not going to be like some other news broadcasting station or those uh, vlogger whatever people who fake their lives. I'm not going to be that for you guys. I'm going to be real. This is hopeless, man. Quarantine is hopeless if you're in the world. Because you, if you're in Christ, man, dude, there is love and there is true love. And how you show that is by refreshing your brothers and sisters, whether they're blood or in Christ or your friends or your family, refresh them, call them, love them, because that's what different that's what's different between you and the world, between Christ and the world. No other person or thing or anything like that. I seeked, I, I sought, sorry, not seeked. I sought to be famous. I sought to be uh, the one with fame, the one who was the best, the one who was just awesome. Like, I wanted to be famous. And if I had to write a book to get there, I would. If I had to make music to get there, I would. If I even had to make a podcast to get there, I would. But then I came before God and I learned who he was. And then I fell down and then I got back up by the grace of Jesus. And I learned who he was again. If you can just come to him, if you came to any other source in the world once and you fell, you fell down into life in a sinner or whatever if you just fell short or whatever there's no forgiveness there's no coming back from that that doesn't happen in real life but that happens in christ what, what do we just read in, in in colossians 1 it says reconciliation to god the veil opening the forerunner being jesus that happened by the cross that you wouldn't live for yourself anymore because I was so selfish and prideful and all about myself. 
I was comfortable. I didn't have to go anywhere else in life. But then Christ said, come to me. I'll change you. I'll break you and I'll make you. I will send you into the crucible to be transformed from my will. Because it's not about what's right now. It's what's at the end. This is common knowledge. So live for it finally. The difference between us and the world and what lets you know that you need to run a crisis is emptiness, y'all. And I believe that after this is over, so many people are going to come to Christ. Realizing I was so empty. I was so alone. I was so everything. I need Christ now. So guys, thank you so much for listening to my first episode of this podcast. And thank you so much, uh, honestly, just for watching this. Um, This has been like... Man, I if you are watching this, I'm so thankful for you because any person that I can get, I hit uh I'm not trying to be like, oh look how many followers I'm getting, look how many listeners and views or whatever. Like I, I don't care about that. Um and I really don't. I used to care about it a lot, now I don't. And uh and I don't as much. I was very addicted to just, you know, uh, get commencing myself per se like second corinthians 6 like commencing myself i did that by followers by fame by all that stuff and i'm growing out of that a crisis changing my heart every day i can't fake it i can't just say oh look at me i'm so mature in christ where i gotta be authentic i'm sorry i'm broken and i have to run to christ every morning there's a fight every day every night every morning and and don't fake it John Piper said he has to fight every morning to not go on Twitter. And it sounds stupid, but it's real, dude. Anything that's going to keep you from Christ, uh, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to leave you empty. It's going to leave you incredibly empty. So, yeah, thank you yet again. <laughs> My second ending for this, uh, for just like watching. And uh, I got like 100 followers for my Christian TikTok uh, and just got a hundred subscribers after three and a half, almost three and a half years on YouTube. Uh, I got about 118. Um, and so hopefully I just want to grow this to spread Christ. I just want to grow this because I don't want to be who I was anymore. I want to live for Christ. And so thank you guys so much for watching this. Uh, please be a weekly listener. Please send the word out and just like share this. Uh, anything to support this. I uh, thank you so much. And God bless you guys. Uh, worthy is a lamb. Daddy yourself. Live for Christ. Look to him continually. Uh, good day or good night or whatever the time of day y'all's is. Worthy is a lamb.